what I like to do is just to create space for people to be able to have these conversations and to really educate them on what the power of sex is and what you're conjuring up when you're coming together with another being and bringing up this energy and that there's a huge amount of responsibility that should be known when you're doing that. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 110 of That's So Maven. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to thank our sponsor, Imperfect Produce. And you guys have heard me talk about Imperfect Produce before. I absolutely love them. They are a produce delivery service that comes once a week. And it's kind of like a CSA, except you're also helping to reduce food waste in the process. So it works similarly to a CSA in that there is a delivery once a week, except that instead of it coming from a local farm in your area, they're helping to reduce food waste by working with local area farms all over your area that either have an overproduction of something or the produce has some kind of imperfection, like say an apple with a slight bruise on it. And it is equally as nutritious and delicious, but because of the imperfection, it wouldn't be sold to a grocery store. So they are able to collect all of that and sell it to you at 30% less than what you would get in a typical grocery store. And to be quite honest, I very rarely find any kind of imperfections. Some of the things that I do find is that something might be a little bit smaller than you would normally buy or a little bit bigger. I one time got a head of cabbage that was absolutely enormous, so I had to find you know several different ways to use that cabbage. It all got used up in the end, but it's really a great service that helps you save money and help to reduce food waste. And a little birdie told me that they are coming to Boston and New York, which is very, very exciting. So if you are interested in signing up for Imperfect Produce and getting 50% off your first box, make sure you head over to imperfectproduce.com and use the promo code HEALTHYMAVEN at checkout to save 50% off your first order. So let's jump into today's episode. I don't know if it's just me, but lately I've been hearing a lot about yoni eggs. And if you listen to the episode with Kim Anami all about the female orgasm, we did actually chat a little bit about yoni eggs. And essentially, it's putting a crystal in your vagina. And I know that might sound a little out there, but there is a lot of information that shows that it can help in a lot of different areas. So I wanted to have a deeper conversation around this and kind of explore female sexuality a little bit more. Now, this is a show that explores health from all perspectives, and that includes our sexual health, which I think is super, super important and something that isn't talked about enough. And that was the primary feedback I got from that episode was that you want more conversations around this because maybe it's something you don't feel comfortable talking with your friends and family about or you don't have that kind of community. So I'm thrilled to be able to have these types of conversations here on the show. So I invited Tiffany Janae on the show to talk about Yoni Eggs and her journey and female empowerment and all of these really, really important conversations that we need to be having, and it was very enlightening for me, as it always is. So I don't have much more to say other than listen to the episode. It's a great one, and make sure you stay tuned until the end to get some life updates and some just information that you might want to hear about. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Here's Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you here on the show today and to be discussing your journey, hearing a bit more about how you got started, what it means to be a sacred sexuality coach, and chatting about masculine and feminine energy and all of those things. So I'm thrilled to have you here today. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So for the listeners who are not familiar with you and your journey, can you share a little bit more about who you are and kind of how you got started on this path? Yeah. So in 2008, I got married and that began this search of how do I make the transition from being this young single woman that's only ever had to think about myself into embracing this big, massive role of being a wife. And from there, I started taking classes and finding elder teachers that can guide me so that I can kind of shift that experience that I was taught parents and my family, which I viewed as really unhealthy. And I had this declaration of like, I'll never be like them, but I didn't know exactly how to not be like them. So I had to go and get the tools. And first thing I did was enrolled in a feminine energy class. And that taught me about the different feminine and masculine archetypes and where I'm embodying them, how they get embodied by different colors and foods and sound vibrations and things of this nature. And then that way, once I'm aware of them, then I can begin to shift them in my behavior and my choices. That helped a lot. And in that class, my teacher had taught us about yoni eggs. And she was like, you guys have to go and, and get one. They're really important to the feminine journey. And so when I went to go search for them, there was only three companies at the time that came up in the search and they were all blog ran. And I wrote each one of them, told them I wanted an egg. It took several weeks for them to write back to tell me that they didn't have it. And this went on for a while. And so I just made this declaration to the universe of like, there has to be a better way. This is so important for women. There's got to be a better way. And then I became the way. So I, I found this source and I started offering them through my social media. And immediately it just went from me not knowing anything about this to now thousands of women were coming to me for um, these eggs. And so that kind of opened up a lot as far as in learning about sexuality and sacredness and energy and taking care of the feminine aspect, nourishing that part, because I had to become accountable to all of these women that were now coming to me for the eggs. And it was more than just doing business and selling a product. I actually had to have leadership behind that. And so that led me down this path. And that's kind of how I got here. Yeah. And I'm so excited to chat about yoni eggs. This is something that we've never chatted about here on the show. So I'm excited to jump into that topic and learn more about them. But I want to go back to, you know, what your life looked like as you made this transition into becoming a wife. I got married last year and I can totally relate to not that I had been single, we've been together for a very long time, but just like taking on this new role and, and what that means and also coming to terms with examples of this in my past that maybe I didn't want to repeat or things that I had learned from them that I didn't want to incorporate. But what did it mean in terms of like, what did I want to incorporate and what do I want this to stand for? So I'd love to have a little bit of a discussion around that. Like what were some things that you were looking to incorporate or to embody as you took on this new role? Well, I had a lot of young and wild energy at the time. So learning how to cultivate that energy and not just rage out or throw fits or cry to get my way, which was very young, and that was a main thing. And then also learning how to properly communicate and be compassionate and receive and not just overpower in conversation. Because when I got married, it was to my best friend. 
And I really wanted to respect him as a friend and not just run through him like I had done with previous relationships. And so I needed those tools. The other thing that was important that showed up a lot in my life and almost every family member in my life has dealt with infidelity, but they always took back their partners and they went through this really unhealthy scenario over and over and over again, like finding out they're cheating and then they are destructive and they're throwing out their stuff and get out of my house and I don't ever want to see you and declaring the family and friends it's over and blah, blah, blah. And then the next week they're back in love and everybody has to accept it. And just seeing that and it felt like, okay, if you guys are interested in other people, that obviously this is happening, but to act like it's not happening and go through this cycle is really destructive. So I wanted to gain those tools too of like, if in our relationship at some point we decide that we want to see other people and that comes up, like how do we create conversation around that as opposed to just hoping it doesn't come up and then destroying each other when it does and then taking each other back. And, you know, so those are some of the the more important aspects for me that I, I really set my intentions on learning about. And I think this connects really well to this idea of masculine and feminine energy and those archetypes and how those play into our relationships and having a balance of both of these things and knowing that we all embody both the masculine and the feminine. So I'd love to have a conversation around what these two archetypes mean and how they differ from just our conventional understanding of like a male or female. Yeah, I'm still learning. So, but for me in this moment, what I would say is, well, let's start with masculine because I was raised to be more masculine, which was to be this like independent, get it for myself, hard worker, um, stand up for myself, no sleep, you know, always got to be on type of thing and like fight for what you want, like hustle and grind and make stuff happen. And so that brought out this really aggressive spirit in me because I was, I was taking on that energy. And I got into a place where I just burned out completely from that. And so the feminine was very hard to adapt for me, which was being more, uh, there's definitely a powerful force of feminine energy, but sometimes when you don't know about it, it can be seen as weak because when the feminine's out of balance and it's like too far that way, then it can be abused. But when the feminine is balanced, it's really powerful and, and nothing is more powerful than it. And we have this example of mother nature. And so it's this way of getting what you need to get by, for me, I found like internal cultivation. So by me finding these things inside of myself to attract and magnetize, because I think that's like a divine feminine trait is, is magnetizing to you what it is that you want, as opposed to forcing your way into a pathway. And that takes on this word that's pretty scary, which is surrender and surrendering to kind of the flow. And so I've worked a lot with manifestation in this aspect of like, not just declaring, oh, I want this and give me that universe, but more so like, okay, I do want these things and I want this experience, but what inside of me is creating a blockage and opposition to me magnetizing that towards me? And that becomes my work like in my feminine movement is like, okay, well, how do I, how can I soften myself in these ways? What's the fear behind this? And um, if it's a fear because I feel inadequate, then what education is it that I need? And so for me, that's what like being more in that feminine aspect has been about. It's like, I don't have to fight for anything. I could just stand in my power and then just clear out these blockages as I move along. 
Absolutely. And it reminds me so much of the idea of, you know, doing our shadow work. And, you know, the the moon itself is considered like divine feminine, that darkness. And we associate the moon with more of that feminine energy and the sun with more of that masculine energy. And yet, at the same time, we need the moon, we need its cycles, like the ocean needs the moon, all of these things. And it requires you to have darkness and to experience that darkness and to do that work with your shadow. And that isn't easy work. It isn't. At the same time, it can bring about so many gifts and so much, like you said, magnetism because you've done the work. Yeah. So I feel like our society really values more of that masculine energy. And it's made a lot of women and men as well have to kind of tone down their own feminine energy or not embrace it or see it as a weakness. Why do you think that is? Um, I've done a lot of studying on how the shift came about of being this more like toxic patriarchal society. And it dates back really far. So if we go back to when the women were what they called witches, and they were working with the elements to help heal their families and to bring about um, favorable conditions to their family. That was a power that I don't think whatever this masculine energy is that came in, they didn't understand that, or they didn't know how to access that. And so it was a threat to them for what they wanted to do, which was rule and take over. And theirs was through force. And what the women were doing was through power. So their force couldn't like, battle with power. So they had to bind it. And they did a lot of like killing and um, shaming and, and spread a lot of fear. And so of course, we don't have it as in, in our society, it's not that strong and direct as what they were doing back in the witch hunting days. But a piece of that is still carried on. And it's a little bit more, I guess, like air quote dignified and how they go about it. But it's still happening where they're kind of binding that feminine. And, and the feminine can be present in any gender. But it's that aspect is still being binded so that this force can still continue the way that it is. And I think we're like changing that now where more people are, are turning into this feminine aspect. And, and so you see where it's becoming more popular and common conversation now where people are like, I want to face myself. I want to do myself work. I want to see how I'm showing up. And this is really brand new conversation to be having because 10 years ago, people weren't talking like this. And so this is this aspect of like, I think we've channeled so much as a collective, bring through the divine feminine, the divine feminine, like let it rise that now people are getting on board with like, how do I embrace this inside of myself? How can I change the way that I communicate? How can I heal my past wounds? How can I strengthen myself in a way so that I'm showing up in a more healthy way for not only myself, but the people that are part of my community? So it's really shifting. We're recognizing what that toxic masculinity has done. And we're overall embracing this feminine aspect. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with all of that. So I do want to chat about yoni eggs because this is a totally new concept for me. We've discussed crystals and crystal healing here on the show before, but yoni eggs are a different take on it. So I'd love to hear from your perspective. Like I know you mentioned how you discovered yoni eggs, but what are they for people who are unfamiliar? Yeah, I'm so happy we're having this conversation. So they're actually crystals and each one of them is a different crystal. 
and my company in particular, we have Rose Quartz or anything from the Quartz family. Also, we do with the Aventurine family, um, Obsidian and Jasper are our main ones. And so what like many of the users may have not have heard of Yoni eggs, but you've definitely heard of bin wall balls or Kegel exercises. And so it's this similar concept where you're using this object that you're inserting into the vaginal canal to help you uh, tighten and strengthen the female genitalia. And so this is like a, a whole system area that's important for us to be exercising and maintaining for our health and also for our pleasure. And by taking care of that, it's going to help with better bladder control and um, just strengthening the urinary tract system. But then also it's helping with on the pleasure side of like keeping you tighter, making that muscle be something that is cultivated and stronger so that it can better grip on um, a penis. And it can also has been known to strengthen and make your orgasms more powerful. So you can do that with anything like any kind of object, you know, the bin wall balls are usually made out of stainless steel or silicone or plastic. But what makes the crystals really special and the work that I focus on is that the crystals are actually these living beings and they have a real frequency to them like any other living being does. And they hold the grid to our planet like they're all underneath us. Like even now you're standing on crystals and these like rocks that have power and energy. But the crystals have been studied by scientists and then, of course, just esoterically, people who have always been tuned into the power of Mother Nature have felt this energy that's kicked off from it. And so through science and through all of this data and information they've put together, where each one of the crystals kind of specialize in something different and they have uh, based on their frequency. So similar to people, you know, you have your friends in your life that maybe the attorney or the doctor or you know, we have different people that we put in our lives because they have different cultivated skills and talents. And so the crystals are this, the similar way. And with our womb space, many of us have never been taught to connect with our womb and really any part of our body. But what happens with the yoni eggs, because you're taking this living being that has such a high frequency as the crystals, and then you're bringing it in connection with the womb, which has the ability to cultivate life like a human child is created inside of this womb space. But furthermore, we're always creating, that's part of the divine feminine power is that whatever that magic is inside of us, I would say is stored in, in the womb is this portal where we're constantly bringing in ideas and visions and goals, and we're holding it into that, that space. And we're constantly giving birth to things. That's what makes us magic. That's what makes the female to be able to like do anything. But when you're not in tune with that, the quality of what you're creating could really make you a victim to your life of like, I don't know why these things are happening to me. Nothing works out for how I want it to be. And that could reflect your overall health or the connection with your womb. And so by using the crystals, you bring in this very high frequency into the womb space. And the way I like to describe it is that they come into that space and they raise the frequency so high that it makes all the lower frequency things kind of purge out of that space. And these lower frequency things could be um, things that have caused trauma to the womb space, you know, like fibroids and cysts and heavy menstrual cycles, any imbalance in that sexual area, that creative portal area that manifests into specific womb issues. And so the crystals in itself obviously don't have the ability to heal you, 
but they are such a high frequency that they kind of push you in that direction of like, you do the work and I'm going to keep shining this light on you until you do the work. Hey, if you have these health issues, how about now I'm going to magnetize this so loud that you have to actually take accountability for what you're eating, how you're speaking, how you process pain, how you deal with stress, how you're nourishing yourself. And so this unique thing happens when the women start working with the yoniic where it kind of pushes them in a way where they want to change their entire lifestyle and really around how can I honor my womb? How can I bring her into her own high frequency so that the quality of my creations that I'm bringing out reflect what I genuinely want for myself? I'm really clear about that. And we're working together. Me and my womb now are working together as partners as opposed to like opposing each other. Absolutely. And for me, you know, it brings up I'm someone who who loves yoga is very passionate about yoga. And, you know, the sacral chakra is all about life and creating life, whether it's, you know, reproductive life, but also giving life to creative projects, giving life to relationships. It is, I think, one of the most important chakras in any kind of blockage there or anything that is preventing that line of energy coming from your root through your crown. And if it's getting stuck in your sacral, you're going to run into a lot of issues. And you may not be aware that they're coming because of that area, but you you might see things in your reproductive area, whether it's physical or whether it's toxic relationships or feeling creatively stuck or it could be reproductive issues, you know, these are things that they come up in so many different ways. And what I love what you said is that it's not like the crystal is doing the work for you. It's basically holding your hand so that you can come face to face with the things that you need to work through so that you can move forward with your life. Right. So something that comes up for me is like, who would be working with a yoni egg? You know, I think like, who are your typical customers? Is it everyone or is it, you know, women who tend to have more masculine energy and are looking to tap into more of their feminine energy? I'm curious, like, who do you usually encounter who can have like some pretty transformative experiences from working with a yoni egg? Well, definitely that woman you described is one of my clients. At this point in my journey, I've serviced probably close to 50,000 women all over the world. So within that demographic, there's all kinds of women. There's a, a lot of women that have done a substantial amount of healing work on their feminine. And so now they're just like tuning in because the yoni eggs, there's so many different ones that I offer. And so once you get in the groove, you can start to use different ones for different outcomes. So Let's say if you have a job interview or a business meeting and you really want to exude this like strong, confident, powerful, like give me what I want type of energy, then you can bring in a yoni egg that's going to do that for you and like wear that yoni egg to that meeting. And that would be something like a carnelian or a red jasper. And that fierceness of having that particular energy inside of you is going to help you channel that aspect of yourself. And if you want to have a conversation with someone that you love and maybe there's like some issues where you tend to use words that are hurtful. And so you want to tune into this more like softer feminine way of presenting yourself compassionate, then you might want to work with the rose quartz that can do that. And so I have women that are that advanced and understand it on that level. And then I also have women who are at this point in their life where they've maybe been molested or raped or um, just experienced 
toxic relationships and they know that they have a lot of trauma that they're storing in their womb space and they're not even sure where to begin and where to start. And so they've heard their friends talk about these yoni eggs and they're at this point willing to try anything and they don't really fully understand what a crystal is or what it does. And I also have women that gift them to their young daughters and not to insert them yet, but to begin to teach them about this path of divine feminine flow and kind of like a rites of passage. And when you get older, this is what you can do with it. And for now, you just hold on to the egg and you place your intentions into it or you access the power because the egg is a sacred shape that represents fertility and cultivation. And then on the other side, I have senior citizens that are my clients that maybe want to help with naturally strengthening their ability to hold their urine in, or they've had several children and they've never even thought that they should be doing something to tone up that area. So they range. I mean, women everywhere are starting to understand the importance of it. So I feel like if I put myself in the perspective of somebody who is maybe more skeptical of this, they might ask like, why do I need to put it inside of me? Why can't I, you know, wear it as a necklace or a bracelet or put it in my pocket? What are the benefits of actually putting the egg inside of you? Yeah. So of course, crystals come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. So you don't have to put it inside of you to get the benefit of what the crystals can do for you. But when we're talking about a yoni egg in particular, then the benefit of it being inside of you is because the weight of that egg is going to sit on the pelvic floor, which then triggers you to have to hold it up and tighten. And that tightening is called kegels. And the kegel exercises is what is going to strengthen and tone the vaginal canal. Um, So that's one benefit on that end. And then also bringing that energy into your actual womb space to have that frequency of the crystal in your creative, like literally putting it in your creative portal to help with purging out whatever it is that's in there. Then you get that energetic benefit. But again, you don't have to put crystals inside of you to get the benefits of the energy. Then you also don't have to have anything inside of you to do Kegel exercises, but that's the beautiful thing about this is combined. It represents its own thing. It represents energy um, empowerment. And then it also represents tightening and toning. And so, because many of us won't do kegels throughout the day, if it's just left up to your own, your own mind to do it, you probably won't do it. But if you have a practice like working with the yoni eggs, then this is time that you set aside to say like, okay, it's time for me to work out my vaginal muscles and, um, or, I'm setting this time aside to really focus on me overcoming this blockage or this fear or calling into um, myself this opportunity that I want. And so you get to start having like ceremonial time with yourself. And, you know, so it's just special in that way. So I'm going to ask you some questions that I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask these questions, but they're kind of more practical questions. So the first one is, can you lose the egg inside of you? Is that possible? Yeah, sometimes it gets lost and it comes out of your nostril. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so clearly I'm not the first person to ask that question. (laughs) No, so you can't because we have a cervix and even if you've had a hysterectomy, it's still sealed up back there. So the same place that the egg went in is going to be the same place the egg comes out. And can you wear it like anytime? Like can you wear it when you're having sex? Can you wear it like when you're at the gym? Yeah, you can. So there's a couple different schools of thoughts. Um, 
the Tao, which has the oldest material that I found as far as in teaching about the practices with the eggs, suggests that you should put the eggs in only a couple times per week and you do it as an exercise for a few minutes at a time and then you remove them and that's it. The more new school way that's come through that is being taught now is that you can put the eggs in and some women are keeping them in for several days, several weeks at a time uninterrupted. So you can carry them around with you all day long. It takes a lot of confidence to do that because there has been many very funny scenarios where women are out and about and all of a sudden lay a crystal egg (laughs) (laughs) in front of people. And, um, And then there's also this thing of like when you go to the bathroom, uh, finding the muscles to be able to hold on to it so you don't drop it in the egg. So I think it takes a lot of like trust and a bit more experience to start walking around in public with your egg in. But it's definitely being done by many, many women. And then also having sex with it. This is actually one of the things that I teach often. To me, it's the safest threesome that you can have. And it's this really beautiful experience where you can get your partner involved and you can bring out the egg and because the crystals are, are technology, they're programmable. So they already have a plethora of data stored inside of them, but then also you can store your own data and information in it too. And so you can get together with your partner and you can have this, um, I'm a tantra practitioner. And so there's this practice that you can do where it's like sexual manifestation, where you can use that energy of having sex, which is the energy that's so powerful that you're literally channeling a being from somewhere some somewhere else and bringing it into this dimension. And so it's super powerful. And when you tune into that energy, um, even if you're not trying to create a child, you're still creating something from the union. And so when you focus on it and you and your partner before really create what it is that you're going to use that orgasmic energy towards helping to call forth, you can do that with the crystal too. And you can kind of like, speak your intention into the crystal together and then your partner can apply like some sort of lubrication like let's say coconut oil and put it on the egg and use the smaller tip of the egg to do some massaging around the labia and the vulva and the clit and then also putting it halfway in side of you and pulling it back out like you can do this really beautiful foreplay with it and then ultimately it can be put inside and you can have sex with it, and um, but like a gentle sex, and the egg just kind of finds its way around, and it's a really beautiful experience, I've heard. Well, I, my immediate thought is like, well, thank God this can't get lost inside of me, because I was like, I don't know how I would handle that situation if I had to, you know, go to a western doctor and explain that i had a crystal loss inside of me right but <laughs> you have now given me faith that that situation will not happen no it hasn't happened yet so you would be you would be the newest person to bring that forth that that did happen <laughs> all right i'll keep you posted okay so I do want to talk about what it means to be a sacred sexuality coach. So I know yoni eggs are one of the ways that you can kind of tap into that womb energy. What are some other ways that you can do that? I coach my clients to really open up this conversation about having sex and beyond just getting off. Because unfortunately, the traditional ways of us learning about sex really isn't that many. It's like this dark place that you have to go to or this secret place that you have to go to to learn about sexuality. And really, I mean, how else would we know to do this? There's a lot of things that come out of instinct, but most of us learned about sex through pornography. 
which is not a healthy place to learn about honoring somebody and pleasuring somebody. And it's more so like this friction-based way of like you just bang into this person until something explodes. And that can bring about a lot of health and emotional disturbances and fears. And so what I like to do is just to create space for people to be able to have these conversations and to really educate them on what the power of sex is and what you're conjuring up when you're coming together with another being and bringing up this energy and that there's a huge amount of responsibility that should be known when you're doing that. And for them to be able to first acknowledge what that responsibility is and then to put themselves in a space to be able to honor and care for that responsibility. And then from there, I teach the men about um, a main lesson that I'm getting across to them now is about holding their seed and learning that that's actually possible because many of them don't know that that is even possible. They haven't been taught that. They've been taught that they just go and go and go. They just create friction and they have no control over when they're ready to ejaculate. And that's just what a man does. And that's not actually true. That's, that's an unskilled mindset. So by them learning how to feel that energy and like taking it to the point of like, it feels good, but how can you keep it inside of your body? And there's many documented health benefits from them keeping their semen inside of them. And then also being able to bring pleasure longer to women, because that seems to be a common complaint amongst women is that the men are coming so quickly. And then also to help the men take more responsibility over the care of birth control, because in our society, we've always been taught that that's solely on the woman. And the options that we have as a woman when it comes to birth control are very damaging to our whole entire essence. And the men seem to not be part of that at all. But really, if they can learn to control their seed, they have a huge point of leadership within that of like, don't plant the seed in the woman in the first place. And then on the flip side, teaching the women about their moon cycle, when they're fertile, how to track this help for them to take responsibility of that as well so that they know when they're fertile and when they should or shouldn't be using another form of protection or something like that, you know? And so that's kind of like the basis of what I like to teach to them. And then we go into the next level of how do you create intimacy before sex and tuning into each other's energy and, and learning to work with your breath and the importance of that. And then knowing how to feel that sexual energy in all different parts of your body and to move it just from out of that genital area and like being able to experience orgasmic energy in the top of your head or in the tips of your toes. So to prolong this ejaculation process. So that that's kind of the basis of it, but more of this like spiritual energetic way of understanding sexual energy is, is what sacred sexuality means to me. You know, when I hear that, it's like as women, we're not really taught to enjoy sex. Right. And when I think about it, like we are literally built to enjoy sex. Like, yes, we can reproduce, but we are able to have sex and not reproduce, which is, you know, not something that men have. Like it's tied together. <laughs> and yet for us, like it is a separate mechanism and we don't have conversations as women about that and also just like a conversation about what is intimacy and how do women get turned on of course that looks different for every woman but I think we're kind of taught as women to 
feel about sex the same way that men feel about sex, which is that like when you want it, I mean, I'm generalizing here. Of course, it's different for every every man, but society tells us that like when a man wants to have sex is when you have sex. (laughs) And for women, it, it doesn't work like that. And I think a lot of women feel shame around not being able to just like be ready to go at all times. Yeah. I don't think that that's like natural for men to feel like that either, but because they haven't had the proper education or cultivation, then they fall into this like way of this is what a man does. And when I talk to my male friends and clients and things, and we get into this like intimate conversation where they open up and they're vulnerable, there's a lot of insecurities that they have because they are expected to be like, take on this type of archetype that you're describing. And that's not really how they are either. But they've just been pushed into that direction. And so we have these really unhealthy ways of interacting with each other because everybody's afraid to have the conversation and because everybody is lacking education. And so, like, I've had so many conversations with men where they're like, I really want to learn how to please a woman. I don't know. And I don't or I'm, a, I'm ashamed because my penis is small or is it small? And how do I bring you know, they don't know. And so they're getting education from the same dumb places that we're getting our education from. And they're acting this character as well. And that's a beautiful thing is like, let's just create conversation. And and that's going to require all of us to expose our insecurities around this in order for us to really get to the root of it and to be able to shift this. But they want to do that too. I completely agree that it's just a challenging conversation to have because our society has told us that it's taboo. And even within intimate relationships, like even when, you know, you've been established in a relationship, it's still a really hard conversation to have. But it's something that we need to continue to have and provide the space, especially, you know, I feel like in order for us to be able to have those conversations with our partners, we need to feel like we can have conversations with other women or men can have other conversations with men. And I feel like we're told to just kind of protect our bodies and don't share what's going on with you. Don't share the challenges that you're having. Don't share what turns you on, like all of these things. And and it's only just making it worse. Right. It sends us to very dark places and dark places aren't the best place to go and get educated or nourished. Absolutely. So something that you talk about a lot, and you actually run retreats is the importance of female friendship and of having those sacred circles. So, you know, what are the benefits of having a close community of women who you can turn to for support? Well, man, it's endless. I mean, for one, from a very young age, we're taught to compete with other women in this way. I think competition is a natural thing. And it it can actually be like, it's a really cool thing when you are competing with someone and that presses you to do better. But competition shouldn't be at the expense of like totally annihilating another person or humiliating another person. And that's how we've been taught. And even like I watch Disney movies now and I see how at this very young age, they're being taught to be better than this girl or your hair is prettier than hers and you're the prettiest girl in the world. And, you know, uh, and to really like this cattiness. But when you embody that, you're embodying that that's within yourself. And it's not about any other woman. It's how you treat your own self. And it's like this insecurity that's just you're going to keep attracting it. And it's really just defending fears of inadequacy. 
And so what I really like to do is to open up this conversation. And, and it's been an educator for me because I'm the same. I'm not above any of this. And so by me being led to hold this kind of space, I've had to learn through my interactions with the women that I'm calling into my space. But it's learning to acknowledge, let every person stand for their own. And like, you can be beautiful without me having to feel like I have to be more beautiful than you. And I can acknowledge your talent without feeling like my talent sucks. And so I've just spent a lot of time reprogramming that part inside of us of like the beauty that you see in someone else is the ability to see the beauty inside of you. And when you start fighting to diminish somebody else, you're the, you're the carrier of the poison. So no one's ever going to be more affected by that than you as the distributor. And so how can we love and nourish our own selves and appreciate our own gifts? And then as a byproduct, we're supporting other women to be great. We all have our time to shine. We all have our time summer, which is shining and winter, which is inside of darkness and cultivating and getting our, our life together. And but we can all support each other during that or just be quiet. But it doesn't have to be destroying someone else just so you can have your moment. And so it's been a, a lot of that, um, a lot of showing that. And so the benefits that I've seen of it is that women are getting it. And it's and again, this is becoming part of normal conversation where it's like sisterhood calling each other sis, um, developing these sister circles, getting out and bonding with other women, but other women are amazing and incredible. And you'll see a part of your own self in them, but then you'll also see this beauty of like what's possible or even what's, what frequency is being held on this planet to like just appreciate and be thankful that that part of like this God-like essence is on this planet doing that thing that they're doing. And I think it's beautiful. Like, there's no other nourisher on the planet. Like there is the feminine. And in my own personal life, I've so many times that I've sunk down to the lowest of lowest. And it's always been a woman there to pick me up. So I just think that we can all benefit in so many ways by supporting. And while we're doing this work of shifting what needs to be shifted, in the meantime, we have a lot of isolated women that are taking on a lot of stuff. They're either single mothers or they are in relationships that still have the majority of responsibilities that they're trying to figure out by themselves. And I think that we're built to operate as a village and to really support one another with all these daily tasks or sorting through our emotions and being able to get clear and having that wise counsel that we get from one another. So just finding different ways to show up and support is like, we, we need that. Absolutely. And I think we're we're taught to tear other women down because we can see the beauty in every single woman. And that's how I feel is like I, I so often find myself in circles with women and we're, we're discussing the things that we're self-conscious about or the things that we're struggling with. And yet all I can see in them is how beautiful and amazing and talented and all these things that they are. And and we're also told like take those things and tear them down because their success means our failure. And it doesn't work like that. But I think if we can twist that dialogue and we can instead just stop it after seeing the beauty in all of these women and just say that to them and know that that does not take away from any of us. Instead, it amplifies our power. It amplifies our voice. And not just from a place of like being selfish, but simply from a place of like, we're all better when we What's the saying? Like a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Like I truly believe that 
for women, the the power of this rising tide will be unstoppable. Yeah, it's true. So if people want to discover more about you and Yoni Eggs, where's the best place for them to do that? I have two websites. My personal website is tiffanyjanae.com and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-J-A-N-A-Y.com. And then also Yoni Eggs, and it's plural, so Y-O-N-I-E-G-G-S.com. Wonderful. And I know you're very inspirational to me on social media. I love following you and just learning about your work. And I always learn something new. So I highly encourage people to check you out on Instagram. It's just such a joy to follow you. Oh, thank you. I have a lot of fun in that space. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing more about your story and about Yoni Eggs and the work that you're doing. I'm grateful for your time. And just thank you for sharing your knowledge with all of us. Yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you. I'm bummed it's over already. I know, I know. Same. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Tiffany Janae. I definitely encourage you guys to check her out. She's always sharing just interesting perspectives and stuff that I don't know a whole lot about. And I love anybody who can help expand my perspective and just the way I view health, including sexual health. So definitely check her out. And I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. As always, if you want to continue the conversation, if you want to ask any questions, if you want support, whether it be relating to sexual health or anything else, the THM Tribe is a great place to do that. It's just facebook.com slash group slash THM Tribe. And I will be sharing in the tribe some things that are coming up soon, as well as asking for feedback and suggestions for guests coming up for next season. I am going to be taking a little break during the summer just to have some time to recoup and, you know, get a little vacation myself. And then I will be back with a new episode sometime in the late summer, early fall. I haven't decided exactly how long that break is going to be, but I do know that next week's episode is going to be the last of this season. So I usually take a break in July and it just felt right to take a break around the same time, but I don't exactly know how long it's going to be. I will be back though. I am already recording episodes for the next season because I do like to get a little bit ahead and also I just look forward to these conversations. So taking a break from them doesn't really seem all that fun or like work. I just see it as something that I would do anyway, and I get to chat with interesting people. But there is a lot of other stuff that goes into these episodes, and it's just nice to give myself and my team a little break for the summer. So just so you know, next week's episode will be the last one. I may tune in for a solo episode after that, but I have a feeling I've talked through a lot, and especially after last week's episode where I shared a lot of what's going on in my life. I'm not really sure what more I would talk about, but let me know if there's anything that came up in that episode or something that came up from this season that you think is worth exploring a little bit more. You can feel free to drop something in the THM tribe or just shoot me a message on Instagram. It's just the healthy maven. And I would be so grateful if you guys left a review of the show on iTunes. I saw a couple come through after last week's episode and I so, so appreciate that, especially those of you who are able to reflect on the fact that the show really does explore a lot of different topics. And I know that isn't everybody's jam. People like the predictability, but for me, I love being able to jump through so many different topics and just get to really expand our view of what health looks like. And I'm so glad that's resonating with a lot of you. So if it is, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or if you have feedback for me, I would love to hear it. Feel free to leave some stars, however many resonate with you and a comment just so 
you know, I can always improve or just know what you guys enjoy and what you'd like to see more of. And with that, next week's episode is going to be Ruby Warrington from The Numinous. I feel like a lot of you are probably familiar with her. We're going to be chatting about tarot, about spirituality, and all that good stuff. It's been a while since we had one of those conversations. So I'm looking forward to that one and to sharing it with all of you. So I hope you are all enjoying this warm summer weather if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. and are creating some space for yourself to take a little break if that's what calls to you. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful week. I will chat with you again next week. Have a good one. Bye.